You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Welcome everyone to I Have Some Notes, the movie podcast that's willing to check its own notes on long-loved comedy favorites, uh, a side notes edition uh, this week. Uh, I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. And today we are looking at comedies from not recently. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Seminal comedies, right? Seminal ones. Yeah, ones Uh, ones we For sure, yeah. Uh, either either in the pop culture zeitgeist or just in our own uh, uh, treasured memories. <clears throat> we thought it uh, prudent to revisit uh, some of the classics. Uh, <laughs> classics for me is a <laughs> might be a strong word, but I certainly watched some seminal movies from my childhood, yeah. I guess then I would, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but that's fine. We're all learning. We're all friends. This is a safe space. What what's seminal mean then? Uh, is this a, that's a good question. I'm going to, I might actually end up looking that word up to make sure I'm using it correctly. But to me, it means, um, uh, something that is the, the, uh, the beginning of your love for X, you know, like, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's, it's something that strongly influences you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we were all, we're dancing around the same, same. Cool. The dictionary definition defines it as strongly influencing later development. Oh, see, I, f- there you go. I forget how you framed it then that made me second guess myself, but we're all good now. It's <laughs> uh, so, yeah, some of these uh, seminal movies we're going to be uh, discussing uh, Dumb and Dumber, uh, Police Academy, Yes Man, Basketball, Beverly Hills Ninja, UHF. If any of those uh, strike a chord with you, uh, uh, this definitely strap in because we're going to we're going to revisit. Uh, yeah, these um I guess not forgotten, but like uh, fondly remembered uh, films, and, and just sort of check and see how they hold up. Uh, I think. I think uh, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was I was just gonna say maybe we should just dive right in then. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's the way to go, and I, I think definitely one that we've all seen, and I assume probably the most seen one on this list, uh, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Greg, you you picked this one as one to revisit. Yeah, I've been I've been seen it multiple times throughout the pandemic. Come up on my uh, on my list of or is it was it on netflix i don't even remember now but i've seen it multiple times in my slider so so i was like ah, i should check out dumb and dumber um you know it, yeah, would you it's, would you say it like i guess we'll, we'll sort of break it down to like what held up what didn't held up and then overall you know where where do you stand on it now um so yeah what, what held up about dumb and dumber it's still um you know jim carrey is obviously a very physical comic and uh jeff daniels is kind of a treasure in his own right um, they are as charming as ever in in the film, and that does that definitely holds up very very well. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a comedy with a pretty solid plot, um, and one that is like a little. I want to say it's like a little subversive. The, they don't get the girl in the end, and all that kind of stuff, which is the sort of thing that you expect from these types of movies, especially in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of nice. Uh, in terms of like things that didn't hold up it's very little actually like a lot of a lot of the stuff that i rewatched kind of had the same level of casual misogyny and uh a twinge of racial humor that is obviously quite dated um mm-hmm. but dumb and dumber had a lot less of that than some of the other stuff that i watched so um it was probably the most pleasant one in terms of looking at it uh through a 2021 lens when i was watching it yeah, I, uh, I I got a big ups to the soundtrack to that movie. Um, yes, I had the yeah. soundtrack growing up, and there are some bonafide bangers. Uh, I revisited that recently, and yeah, there's uh, it's apropos, you know, apropos of this conversation, but not wholly related. Just yeah, like great, Peter great Pumpkinhead soundtrack. is like I think it actually might be one of my favorite songs of all time. I just I really <laughs> like every time I hear it, it just it kind of lifts me up a little bit. Like it's just a very uh, like uh, not not necessarily the content of the lyrics, but the mm-hmm. the 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 tone of the song is very uplifting to me, and I get a I kind of get an energy jolt from it. 
Uh, yeah, I guess like anything that really didn't like you're like Gugh, I for, like or forgotten about. No, I don't think so. Like there's like um. There's a, I guess, the, like, the most tasteless thing that I can think of. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what there is? It's, it's the, it's the, it's an, it's probably the thing that a lot of people remember. It's, it's Cam Neely as Seabass. Like, it, that whole, that whole sequence is like, it's just a bunch of gay panic. Like, if you don't oh, recall. That's right. Yeah. Like, so yeah. they. The, the uh, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, they're having dinner at a diner and they throw salt behind them and it hits this group of, of um, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to call them rednecks or whatever, but like uh, they get upset about it. And then to smooth things over, they pretend to buy their drinks for them, except they just like skip town. On it. So later on in the movie, Jim Carrey is in a bathroom stall and he's looking at the graffiti on in the bathroom mm-hmm. stall and it says for a good time be here at uh 11:15 or whatever and then he looks at the clock and it's 11:15 and uh and then Seabass uh walks into the bathroom stall so like oh he's gay that's hilarious yeah. or whatever right like and you know it's just like yeah it's it's just a a whole lot of gay panic uh garbage from the the 90s that you would kind of expect from uh from a movie of this time yeah, and we're definitely not. The premise of this might not be to like tisk tisk, you know, no no words in old movies and stuff. But or not that that's just that's a, a dismissive or um, diminishing. That's not what I mean by that. But just like there's obviously going to be a lot of that. And uh, um, yeah, I think yeah, it's interesting it's, to like t- like I can I can certainly uh, like everyone's level of comfort with watching older movies is going to be different. And like I, exactly. I for the most part I can watch it watch a piece of media without if i see something that is offensive or something like that i you know i'm certainly acknowledging that it's offensive but it doesn't necessarily ruin the watch for me um yeah. un- unless unless it's just uh, unless it's just so repeated so often that it becomes um kind of irritating or or just not fun you know i, I yeah. I've, like i've tried to i've tried That's to, a good re- way to put it yeah i've tried to rewatch some old sitcoms and um there was oh it was um it was an episode of Seinfeld actually i thought i was oh i'll just put on a random episode of uh, Seinfeld that will be fun and mm-hmm. it was an episode of it was the episode where uh, george goes to uh, a masseuse and he gets a male masseuse and then he's panicking because he thought his penis moved Right, like it's it's stuff like that, right? Like it's just like it, it, that was the the whole episode the whole was premise, just basically yeah, like, yeah <laughs> gay panic exhausting. from beginning to end, and yeah. I just I had to turn it off because I was like because it was just you know in in <laughs> modern like in modern context it's just so um, dated that it, it just wasn't fun to watch and it certainly wasn't yeah. funny anymore, right? So like yes, sometimes like you know comedy just changes just because your your social awareness has changed so much it's just not possible yeah. to laugh at things anymore. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great way to frame it. The the like degrees of irritating is is a uh, better than a just like you know one strike like <gasps> pearl clutching one strike you're out. But yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, oh, and also just to be acknowledged to uh, acknowledge it in media from any any era. So yeah. Any any other thoughts on on Dumb and Dumber? Do you guys do you guys yeah, remember? I, <laughs> I had honestly, I haven't seen Dumb and Dumber in a very long time. Uh, I did not revisit it for this episode. And I remember very little of it uh, outside of like a few, I'm, I'm going to assume some of the standout moments um, that kind of stick with you. But uh, outside of that, I, I couldn't, I could barely tell you what the plot is without was having it? rewatched it. So. <laughs> was it. So it wasn't really a movie in your childhood that you really like uh, identified with a whole lot? Not really. Uh, I seem to remember watching it and being like, yeah, that was okay. <laughs> I, I certainly wouldn't consider it part of like my Jim Carrey canon. We'll put it that way. Oh, really? That's that's interesting. Oh, that's see, yeah, that one's up there with like, like I personally love The Mask quite a bit, but like Dumb and Dumber as like an everyone, you know, like everyone. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. It's a, it's a, yeah. Not. If- I mean, I'm. I guess I'm just odd that way in that I just yeah. I I was underwhelmed by it the first time I saw it. It was funny enough, but it wasn't like it was just like meh. If uh, if I'm going for a broad Jim Carrey comedy, honestly, Liar Liar is my favorite one. Yeah, 
Sorry, don't know I? why. Just really <laughs> you know, like liar, liar. Okay, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I think I, I think when we were doing the show notes, I said I watched Yes Man. I did not yes. watch Yes Man. I watched Liar Liar. <laughs> That's why I was so confused. I was like, I was like, I didn't want to yuck your yum. I didn't want to diminish what you had brought to the table. But I was like, you watched Yes Man? That was a that was a so that made even I, know why I didn't know what seminal meant because I'm like. Yes, man, was a seminal movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> liar, liar. That makes so yeah. Yeah, well, and, and I, what yeah, better I'm not even actually then? sure I've seen Yes, man. To be honest with you, <laughs> and what what better segue then to talk yeah, about liar, well, let's liar? Talk about, I love liar, liar. It's like the th- the trifecta. It's, oh man, yeah. Um, liar, liar is really like because like if 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 Dumb and Dumb like Dumb and Dumber actually seems like Jim Carrey is kind of like at uh, a five if that's even possible for jim carrey yeah. you know like his his dial is at 10 and where any for and i'll start at zero right so but when it comes to when it comes to lie liar i, th- I was re- i thought i remembered that movie being much more subdued but no like he's actually like he's actually closer to jim carrey in uh batman and robin than he is jim carrey in dumb and dumber (laughs) like it's it's that it's that intense through the movie it is it is very entertaining like he just i i I enjoy watching uh jim carrey contort his face like that alone is usually uh enough for me and uh um i i just i just you know, most for most people, I think like where where their love of Jim Carrey ends is just like the his relentlessness, and I actually kind of like it. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. I, I love it when he just keeps going, and and uh, is is um, unwilling to stop. There's a scene where um, he's trying to lie, uh, and he's decided that he can't say a lie out loud, so he's going to try and write a lie. So he's trying to he's tr- he's looking at a pen. Yeah. And the pen is blue, and he's trying to write. The pen is red, and the scene goes on for what feels like five minutes of him just like running around an office, writing on various things, and then all of a sudden, then the pen is attacking him and stuff like that. And it's just like it, like in, if it was any other actor, the scene would go on far, far too long. But uh, because it's Jim Carrey, it still it's it works. Uh, one of the things that I think makes that movie is his just absolutely unhinged performance. Uh, the fact that he a hundred percent commits uh, physically and emotionally to the, uh, the breakdown that his character is having really helps sell it. Like it, it, I don't know that it would work with any other actor. He's got like, you know, he's Jim Carrey does have quite a bit of range and I like, they think, um, Yes, man. Or sorry, he did it again. And Liar Liar might be the first <laughs> uh, movie where you can really see um, some of his dramatic capabilities. He's got a couple really um, touching scenes with his son in the film. That and and his yeah. his his son uh, says something to him that just sort of rips his heart out. And you know he's like Jim Carrey plays it really well, and he's very good at like um, you know being. Uh, bombastic when he needs to be and then dialing it right down to like making the audience feel something when he needs to be and I think that's kind of part of the brilliance of his uh, of his comedic acting yeah like I remember this one as the emotional one like I'm running like I'm Jose Canseco I'm Jose Canseco like he, yeah 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 he's allowed to like love his son and it's got that very like hopeful like I'm running to my kid to be a good dad um, That so I always in my mind remember this one as like the touchy feely silly Jim Carrey movie but did this one hit different now that you're a dad um I don't know it, it, it's tough to say because I haven't seen it in uh I literally don't think I've seen it in maybe 10 or 15 years so so it's it yeah hard to say um yeah I don't think so <laughs> it's weird to say it feels weird to say that it feels weird to say no I'm a father but it didn't it didn't have that much more weight to me but like I don't know there's lots of there is tons of things like I cry a lot more at media in general now since of being a father I don't know why that is it's it's just something that happens and it doesn't even have to be like parent related it's just like there's there's a lot of extra emotion 
uh, being rolled up into being a parent. Um, so I find myself um, getting choked up a lot more than I used to. Um, but that didn't necessarily happen with this movie. Uh, was there anything in particular that jumped out at you as not really holding up? Oh, yes. Yeah, very much so. Um, and liar, and- liar, no. <laughs> I guess this was the exercise. <laughs> Give it to me straight, Doc. There, there's a scene. There's a scene where... Jim Carrey's in a boardroom and his his boss is basically trying to get him fired um, by getting him to say to his their higher higher up boss what they, he actually thinks of him and he Jim Carrey basically tell you know tells this guy exactly what he thinks of him basically he's a piece of shit um, but the big boss interprets it as as being he's being roasted by Jim Carrey and he just laughs and then Jim Carrey goes on this big improvised uh comedy spiel where he's uh pointing at people in the ta- at, at the boardroom table and saying something horrible about them um some of it's funny um some of it's gross um one of it is uh mind-bendingly racist he he takes a he takes a uh, he grabs someone's toupee, slams it against the wall, and then does like the the Indian uh, the the old oh, yeah. yeah you know what I mean like the ba 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 kind of thing yeah. right and it's like it it's so <laughs> it's so offensive like because he's basically like oh I scalped you and yeah. and that's what you know yeah that's what the Indians did right. Um, classic roast that's that's yeah. my favorite Don Rickles bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there was like that was that was like the 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 worst the worst joke in the whole thing um and and one that stuck out to me um on on uh, both these uh, Jim Carrey flicks would you would you still like recommend them as as good movies or are they like you know what that's we need we need not revisit this again <laughs> well I feel I feel t- I feel like it's gonna be hard to recommend uh, liar, liar! After having just said that there was a mind-bendingly racist joke in it, but, yeah, but we it also... is still it is still like pr- a pretty good watch if you can get if you can get past that one moment. Um, and uh, and and I don't know, Dumb and Dumber wasn't as as I, I certainly didn't laugh as much at Dumb and Dumber as I remember laughing when I was a kid, and and that might just be um, uh, maybe the amount of times that I had watched it before when I was a kid. Maybe it's just played out for me or. Or maybe uh, um, my humor has just evolved beyond Dumb and Dumber a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Fair. Uh, let's uh, uh, keep going then. Uh, Scott, you, you watch Police Academy, yeah? Yeah, Police Academy. Remember Police Academy? There was a cartoon. There were toys. And there it was all based on a really body sex comedy. Um, <laughs> that was definitely not for kids. But hey, what what... <laughs> what can you do? Um, yeah, I, I recently rewatched the first Police Academy movie uh, because when I was younger, I remember like having been exposed to some of the Police Academy movies and kind of liking them. Like they were pretty decent. And uh, yeah, I rewatched the first one. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fun sound effects is from yeah. what I've been led to believe. Oh, for sure. Like there's there's definitely some stuff. To its credit. Um, number one, it's a movie that's making fun of the cops, and that's always going to be good, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and I mean, outside of the goofballs in the uh, in the, the class that we're kind of following, uh, like Mahoney and Thompson and, and all those guys, the serious cops in the movie are all bad guys. Like, they're all portrayed as bad guys. <laughs> and so I'm like, in that way, this movie is surprisingly progressive. Um <laughs> But uh, uh, a lot of the... also any jokes? Were there any ones that you still? Because I'm, I I, I kind of know that there's gonna be a real. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, Michael Winslow yeah. is is a treasure, um, and the yeah. fact like the the sounds that he can make out of his mouth, I mean that holds up. His uh, he does some like uh, kung fu black exploitation stuff that's really funny. Uh, that's still quite good. Um, there are some decent performances throughout uh, the movie as well, which I mean, 
Say what you will about Steve Gutenberg. He's very charming, uh, despite his very problematic character. Uh, Lieutenant Harris, G.W. Bailey, is exactly the right kind of jerk for this movie. Like, he's so good. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot that's going for it, but it's also very dated. Um, some of the humor is, is very eighties, shall we say? Mm -hmm. And, uh, just doesn't quite hold up anymore. And the movie is racist and, uh, just very homophobic. And (laughs) that is not to its credit. Um, and I, I will say, on the one hand, it is a very 80s movie, and that's kind of a product of its time in that regard, but also very, like, even even for the 80s, there's some stuff that's like, oh boy, cringeworthy. Um, the racist stuff is on purpose, um, because, like, the, the, kind of the, the conceit is that, uh, the, the class that Mahoney's in, are uh, just everyday schlubs who wouldn't normally be allowed to go to the police academy, but due to a new ordinance that came down from the mayor, anyone can come in and learn to be a cop now. And that includes Hightower and Hooks in particular, who are both black, and they're getting looked down on by a lot of the other more serious cops. And maybe that's also surprisingly progressive for the 80s. Um, <laughs> hard to say. But at one point, one of the bad guy cops, uh, members of the academy, rather, uh, like straight up uses a really, really gross racial slur against one of them. And it's a plot point. It's meant because he is a villain, but it still was like, Oh boy, that was real bad. Um, the stuff that was not intentional was the gay panic stuff. And there is quite a lot of it. There's a whole set piece, uh, based around tricking the two kind of bad guy cadets into going to a gay club that's pretty gross. Um, at one point, Mahoney straight up uses uh, a gay slur uh, as a joke. And it's like, he is the hero. And he just said something kind of heinous and offensive. And uh, yeah, it, it's kind of hard to reconcile that with mm-hmm. like maybe my more woke modern sensibilities. And it was kind of gross. Um, there's, um, I mean, obviously there's some sexism in the movie as well. Again, because it's a sex comedy in the eighties, um, yeah. There's there's a lot of problematic humor in Police Academy One. <laughs> it's basically where I'm going with this. I mean, I still laughed at at a lot of it. And again, there there's there is stuff going for it, but there's I'd say like fifty fifty split stuff that's actually kind of holds up and is still pretty funny and is and can still you can still say like yeah, Police Academy was pretty good for this reason. And fifty percent stuff where it's just like nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Yeah. Which then, if it's a 50-50 split, that's got to be diminishing returns on all the sequels then, because... Here's the thing, though. Um, Having also uh, more recently rewatched Police Academy 4, which I'm pretty sure is the first Police Academy movie movie that I watched, Police Academy 4 is much more tame and much more funny. Um, So, like... I, I want to say that's maybe the peak for the series, because as I recall, after that, the it was a, a slide straight down the gutter, mm-hmm. uh, especially because Steve Gutenberg left the series around that point. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll say Police Academy 4 was, was pretty decent. Police Academy 1, very problematic. I have a feeling that um, a lot of the raunchier comedies from the 80s and 90s um, will be a much more difficult to watch from a 2021 oh, yeah. lens. And Police Academy is definitely a raunchy comedy. Like, again, yeah. I it blows my mind that there were toys <laughs> and a cartoon aimed at children based off this property. <laughs> Though, then again, they made toys and a cartoon about the toxic adventure. So, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> this episode of I Have Some Notes is brought to you by Natural Light Edmonton. Over the last year, staying home has become our new way of life. We've all been doing our part to help keep others safe. Still, it's hard not to miss those special moments of adventure that turn your average day into an extraordinary one. But what if we told you that those moments could still happen, all while you're safe in your own backyard? Natural Light Edmonton provides custom-designed luxury sunrooms, balcony enclosures, decks, patio covers, and gemstone lights. With their help, you can turn your outdoor space into a place for play, for excitement, for adventure. A place where you can truly live in the moment and plan for more moments to come. Learn more about Natural Light Edmonton and discover outdoor comfort at my-naturallight.com. That's my-naturallight.com. 
The Edmonton Community Foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create strong, vibrant communities for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, you can start distributing funds. We also want to tell you about Vital Signs, an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on arts, philanthropy, green spaces, and sports and recreation. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. Uh, cool. I watched. Uh, I watched basketball. Uh, this one was definitely seminal for me. This uh, is like one of one of my all time favorite movies that I also hadn't watched. I, it's got to be at least a decade since I watched it, and then another five or six years since watching it a thousand times as a teenager. Kind of a deal. Um, yeah, this one. For those that might not know, it's it's uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, uh, the two guys from South Park, uh, and also David Zucker, the guy from Airplane and Naked Gun. Uh, a scary movie, less less to his credit, but yeah, the Naked Gun guy and the South Park guys made a sports comedy, and yeah, I I was um, it, it oh it's so good, it's such it's so funny, <laughs> it's so funny, it it yeah, uh, it was not only a, a big hearty helping of nostalgia, but there's it's it's so dense with jokes that like even the ones that don't hold up because they're problematic or even the ones that don't hold up because it's just kind of lame it's just like it much like the naked gun movies much like everything that david zucker guy does it is like so densely packed with jokes that it's it's hard not to have a good time watching it and i was really braced i was like braced for all sorts of like egregious shit that i didn't remember that i've you know because it's the south park guys like yeah their track record is dicey um um, and like yeah casual sexism uh casual transphobia um weirdly though uh uh well hey i'll talk about what i like still It, it it's such a it was such a master class of like putting care and detail into every scene and also having improv as like part of it that literally the story doesn't matter. And one of the things I had forgotten, like, I don't think I appreciated when I watched it as a kid is any of the scenes where they are doing serious, um, like emotional stakes building. Like this is what's at stake. This is why the character cares. Like scenes that are traditionally not very funny. They just have something stupid happening in the background (laughs) and they do it every time. And it's always like, because you're already watching those scenes, they're so predictable, and we've we've seen those kind of movies before. That like, yeah, 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 we get it. This is what's it's like. It just it was a nice touch that I I, I don't think I appreciated before. So, <laughs> have have I, either of you seen this flick? Yeah, I I, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I remember uh, basketball quite fondly. One of my favorite gags in in that movie is um, the uh, car scene where he, where Trey Parker is <laughs> is driving around. He's having he's having a tough time, and the radio starts playing a song that increasingly describes his situation exactly, uh, <laughs> yeah. which was super good. Uh, and of course, there's the uh, the bathroom scene, which I think most people have seen it will remember quite fondly as well, or the locker room scene, I should say. Yeah, over there. There's just the the frame, the top of the frame and the bottom of the frame <laughs> yeah. has their legs and penis running through it to suggest yeah. that they are yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so many little visual detail things. Like, there's one scene where he's like, "Oh, I couldn't help but overhear your conversation," and he's like putting a big hearing piece like behind, like out of frame. Um, just like little stupid little details like that uh, that I, I really I, I I think I enjoyed. But as someone who's now tried to write comedy, but like, there's this this script had a thousand passes on it. Like, there is no stone unturned. And then also they got to improvise a bunch of stuff. Um, but then also, unfortunately, yeah, uh, uh, they, that the same thing there's, I forget if it was a Lindsay Ellis video where there's like a super cut of people finding out they kissed a, a trans woman and then puking or going, bleh, bleh. uh, there's, there's that in here though. They are yeah. drunk. There's that. Um, one of the interesting things though, cause we were, we're talking about all the gay panic and I think considering the, the age of movies we're revisiting, I think that really will be the thing that comes up this one. I'm not sure. Cause there's. 
there's sort of two scenes where like there it's a whole montage of the other teams they're playing and they're all like tr- you know really like punch downy kind of tropes like hillbillies or like mm-hmm. very american regional like the detroit team are all or uh, the the new jersey team are all like new jersey gangsters the miami guys are all like cubans barbecuing and so the san francisco team obviously uh it's a bunch of gay jokes and it's a bummer but then at the end the ref like gives him a foul and he goes oh no no it wasn't a gay joke it was an australian joke um, like it's almost like sort of aware, uh, and then the very last scene. Uh, spoilers if you haven't seen it, because this movie loves to do the thing of like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We're doing the emotional stakes part. Like, it's all about the dumb jokes. When they when they rekindle their friendship, uh, when they realize that they've been wrong to each other, they just start making out. <laughs> And it's kind of like, and I'm like, I'm not sure. Is that like gay panic? Like, oh, they're making out, or is it just like? Yeah, this is the scene where the people make out in the movie. It's a it's a friend comedy, but it's also the scene in the movie where the kiss goes. So I guess they're gonna kiss now. Like I don't know. I, I don't guess know the to... the unexpected part of it is that they are two men kissing, yeah. and like that, like in a modern context, that would not be as strange as it is. It like as it would have seemed in the in yeah. the nineties or whatever. So like maybe I like I guess like uh, yeah I can see where you're coming from. Like like yeah <laughs> like is it yeah. But I feel like yeah. if a, if a movie now still had that ending of like even though this is a friendship comedy, it's the part in the movie where the people kiss yeah. and they yeah. did that. I'd be like this, this is kind of funny that the two friends just kissed for no reason. Yeah. So yeah. yeah I don't know. And also they're standing with their giant you know eight foot hogs in the locker room <laughs> together. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, you're but saying also, yeah. that like the plot is uh, almost non-existent. Is from what I remember out of it, it, it like the timeline on it is quite hilarious. Like they like the <laughs> yeah. they seem to play one season of basketball, and and it goes from like being a uh, garage sport to being like the most popular sport in the country w- within the span of a single season. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, not not quite. There's just uh, it's on the it's on the it's on the uh, front yard. And then five years later, it's in an arena, uh, and then it's the movie takes place over one season. But a lot of oh, very stupid it, things happen. Like, he goes all the way to Calcutta to, like, reorganize a child labor factory and back again within the span of two days. So Right. Isn't there also a scene where they're talking about, like, they're making fun of pro sports and all the expansion teams and stuff like that? And, yeah. Like, all the playoff formats and stuff like that? But again, like, it's all within the same season. So, like, presumably they had, like, a bunch of expansion teams crop up in the middle of a single <laughs> a single season or something like that. Yeah, I remember, I just remember yeah. it being, like, it's all fine. Like, it's, it's breakneck, all in ser- yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's all, yeah, breakneck pace and it's all in service of comedy, which is, yeah. uh, which is perfectly fine, yeah. So uh, overall, I'd still say it's it's uh, it's pretty funny. Um, it's probably the least <laughs> when when people go back and look at uh, Trey Parker's oeuvre, it'll probably be one of the few things he he won't have to like atone for. Um, but <laughs> yeah, also, he's got yeah, lots that, of lots of other things to worry about. Yeah, that guy's that's he's a he's a complicated one because he's he's definitely I think a genius, but also has done some who boy uh, bad takes. Um, yeah, like I I I love. Um, Team America World Police but yeah. I'm quite certain that ha- if I watched it now I would be seeing it quite differently uh, yeah. ditto with me and South Park bigger longer and uncut Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I first saw it when I was much much younger uh, I thought it was brilliant I laughed I uh, had the soundtrack um, in hindsight though it's like ooh boy um, <laughs> my my tastes have evolved yeah, some of the some of the songs from that movie do still slap though. <laughs> he's he's such a talented songwriter. He's like the Book of Mormon is so so good. Um, also, can I mean deep cut? But if anyone's ever seen Cannibal the Musical, that's his his first like him him and Trey Park or him and Matt Stone's first thing, and it's weird. There's a I was on an episode of the Movie Jerks where we talked about that. Um, oh really? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never <laughs> seen it. Um, cool. That was, that was my one. I still recommend basketball with a huge, you know, helping of, you know, just be mindful. Um, but, uh, to just too many jokes to deny, uh, very funny, silly visual gags. So, uh, Scott, uh, or no, not Scott, sorry. Um, uh, we're save Scott's for last cause, uh, UHF, the, that's sweet, sweet. Um, 
<laughs> I need a second. You, someone else to host this podcast for a second. I got to collect myself. Uh, we want to talk about Beverly Hills Ninja now. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I, I, I love Chris Farley, and um, it was a big, big, big bummer um, when he when he passed away. And um, I, I remember. Um, I think there was these. There was an A and E documentary about his life, and like by all accounts, like he he was an, a very nice man who just had too many personal problems, and in in the end, it it, it killed him. Um, but he was you know he was beloved by his his um you know uh fellow SNL cast members, and you know um a lot of them. Uh, still get emotional to this day when they talk about him and like he's he was just such an incredible physical comic and um you know he, he the way that you know he i mean he kind of gained fame for just throwing himself around and you know obviously with the the snl sketch the van down the river sketch is probably um one of his more famous moments where he <laughs> he was playing a scene with such energy that he accidentally fell on a table and and broke it and that became like a a whole running gag for uh, through several skits um and you know you've i'm sure everyone has seen his um uh, sort of chippendales parody sketch um which yeah. is another big famous him one. and swayze yep yeah um yeah he's yeah he's just a, a a fantastic physical comic and um and he's got he's got um he's he's got a voice that you know um just makes me laugh when he screams it's kind of like the same uh as um um you know uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the guy who plays George Costanza why can't I think of his name no one's gonna help me out here. We, we, we're talking about Jason Alexander. <laughs> Jason, Jason Alexander. <laughs> we can all stop and think about it for as long as you wanted, and you just have to trim it down. <laughs> um, yeah, Jason, Jason uh, Alexander. They both have like when they when. They, when they scream, when they start getting really energetic and just screaming about things, it it just makes me laugh. And um, that's the uh, Chris Farley has that uh, knack as well. Um, it, which you know in, what I I feel particularly uh, like we missed out on with Chris Farley is um, there comes a point in every comedian's career where they do a dramatic turn, and we never got to see Chris Farley's dramatic turn, and. It hurts me to this day. We never got to see him do that because I think he probably would have turned out something really good. And like we've seen Adam Sandler do dramatic. We've seen Robin Williams do dramatic. I wanted to, I want in my brain, I want to see, yeah, we've seen Jim Carrey do dramatic in my brain. I want to see Chris Farley do dramatic and I'm never going to get to see it. And it hurts me. Yeah. As far as um, Beverly Hills Ninja goes um yeah actually i've never seen this one can you please enlighten me the premise <laughs> like i know that okay, obviously it's so, a beverly hills ninja but how 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 would one from beverly hills become a ninja so the the, the plot is that um chris farley is a um orphan named haru who is uh raised by a clan of ninjas in japan uh, a, a young woman comes to the dojo looking for help, um, saying that her um, she thinks her husband is mixed up in something. Uh, Haru tries to help her and then witnesses a murder uh, and um, is wanted by the law. So he he goes to Beverly Hills to uh, track down this woman and uh, and try and solve. Uh, her uh, her case for her so um that's how he gets to beverly hills um nice. i i think they're they're probably a lot uh you know if you're a chris farley fan there are probably a lot better um movies uh of his to uh to start with if you have if you haven't seen a chris farley movie maybe don't start with this one i personally just had a connection with it just because i really liked it as a kid but um i think I 
it uh it didn't really hold up for me um it's just not it's not written particularly well um a lot of the like there's lots of really good physical stuff in there like you know Chris Farley's doing lots of great physical things you like you know he he's he's trying to be a ninja and you would think that that would that would work really well but the problem is is that the kind of character trait that they gave him was like he's the same bumbling fool that he usually is in his movies but um he's also kind of like subdued cuz he's always trying to he's trying to restrain himself and be a better ninja and that actually just doesn't really work with uh, Chris Farley yeah. like <laughs> the, the parts of the movie that are much better are when he's he goes under a cover a couple times and he, you know, he does an impersonation of like, um, like a sleazy car salesman, and that's kind of when he comes alive a lot more because he, you know, he's he's doing, you know, the stuff that he would, you know, he's used to doing in like SNL and stuff like that. Um, and and of course, like the the movie overall is like it's it's a lot of like Asian tropes, especially like Japanese tropes. It's just replete with it throughout, and um, it, it's <laughs> yeah. not. It's it's not necessarily all the most it's it, like it's not necessarily super offensive, but it's just like it's one of it's just when you're Reductive. watching it, it's just like it's in the ether, it's in the back of your yeah. mind as you're as you're kind of watching it. There's really only one scene where um, Chris Farley impersonates a um, a Japanese cook where he's doing like you know the voice and stuff like that, and that's about that's about as bad as it gets, as I recall. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, I did like I just I enjoyed seeing Chris Farley again. Um, I you know was, there I did not uh, laugh as much at the movie as I was as I was hoping to. Um, although I did kind of suspect that maybe that one wouldn't hold up particularly well. Um, yeah, there's there's a few really good uh, good jokes in it, but uh, uh, but for the most part, it's it's uh, it didn't uh, have it the same lasting power. As, uh, as some of the other comedies I watched. If you want to talk about movies with troubling Asian stereotypes, I've got one for you. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, I don't. So I've never, I've never seen UHF either, and I want to believe um, uh, Weird Al is nothing but a, you know, because he's Weird Al. He would, he would never, he would never, uh, Scott. Ooh, yeah. What? Well, eh, hmm, yeah. <laughs> well, let's. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <clears throat> preface this by saying UHF is still very funny. <laughs> it is a very funny movie. I really um, should watch it. It's like on the list. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, it does have some problematic elements though on a, on a more modern rewatch. And one of the ones that was quite glaring was that like there, there is, there is some troubling stereotypes in the movie, uh, especially in regards to his uh, Asian neighbor and his karate dojo. Yeah. Even though the wheel of fish uh, sketch is very, very funny. Um, <laughs> It, it does not excuse the fact that it's uh, a little racist. Um, some of the parodies are also a little dated now. And I mean, like, I, I still get them because it was a, a movie of, like, my era. But I can see how a modern viewer who wasn't steeped in some of the, the movies and television shows that they're making fun of might not get it. Yeah, and uh, also Weird Al's character, despite being the hero, does kind of stalk his ex-girlfriend <laughs> in this movie, <laughs> which is, but I I mean, I, again, it's, it's, uh, it's a movie from like 1989. It's late 80s, but it's still 80s, and you're going to get kind of that casual problematic masculinity and uh, misogyny that you just you just you're gonna have that it's Thanks, not Reagan. to excuse it yeah. <laughs> it's gonna have it but that said that all said the movie is still very funny and it is uh it is very charming and weird al is very likable <laughs> and and some of the parodies in the in the show are quite good too um for liam and for anybody who who hasn't watched uhf basically the premise is uh weird al yankovic plays uh george newman he is uh, a guy who wants to basically uh, make TV, and he takes over a UHF television channel and basically tries to uh, make it popular so that it can compete with um, the local cable network that kind of wants to take it off the air and strip it down for parts. Um, and he, because he's such an uh, out-of-the-box thinker, he starts coming up with all this bizarre programming that becomes just a hit. And uh, it's it, like the the main villain is the head of the the 
network and he's just trying to undermine and destroy this uh this business and um they uh, ultimately they try to like steal the star of their their most popular show uh kidnap him so that he can't be there to help them uh like get the ratings boost they need to to save the station in the end uh it turns into a big like uh rambo parody like Ram- uh rambo 2 parody where weird al has to go and save him uh I suppose that's one other slightly problematic uh, thing is that uh, Stanley Spadowski is played by Michael Richards, and he was kind of canceled a few years back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I, um, uh, Jenny McCarthy's in basketball, so you know it's <laughs> yeah. You, you you just kind of have to accept that. I would I would still recommend UHF, uh, especially if you've never seen it, but you are a product of the '80s. You're still going to get a lot of the the touchstones and and a lot of the jokes. Um, it's still got a lot going for it, uh, even though there is there are some problematic stereotypes in it, and uh, and yeah, some of that that eighties nonsense that you're going to just find in any eighties comedy. There's That's um, I I love UHF, and and it was it's probably one of my all time favorite comedies. Um, I have not seen it in quite some time, and and uh, and when you mentioned. The, the Asian stereotypes, like I started to think about some of those scenes and I'm like, oh, oh yes, yeah. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, and one of the things that's starting to, to pop out at me now a lot more is um, the way that older movies treat homeless people, um, which is uh, usually quite gross, <laughs> you know, in, in retrospect, like... Um, they're usually, either usually like com- complete and utter gross criminals, or um, they're so, <laughs> they're so dirty and filthy like you like you they just like, like they just literally rolled around in mud as if that's that's all there is on the streets of of New York or something like that is just mud yeah. everywhere like for they some are reason. Trash. They <laughs> yeah, are trash yeah, exactly. Like. Um, yeah, so like that's something that's starting to pop out a little bit more, and and I got to thinking about. Um, the guy with the, uh, the who is collecting the coins in in UHF, who kind of yeah. is one of those type of uh, stereotypical uh, homeless people in, in those types of movies. Uh, although um, he does he does get to, he does get to, to to win in the end, which is great. He's a he's a he's a big part of the of the plot. Um, but yeah, as you say, Scott, like there's a lot of really really classic bits in. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. Well, hang, hang on, I I had a question about the um, uh, the unhoused people thing. Do you think that's gotten better? Because I actually can't think of any recent examples where I've seen unhoused people treated with dignity and respect in modern films. And I can I can cite at least one off the top of my head uh, recently where it was um, uh, I watched. Uh, I think I mentioned it during Birds of Prey, but uh, Guns Akimbo um, and uh, Reese Darby actually plays a plays a homeless person, and it's just kind of like. Yeah, you're just like sitting in a gutter, and then like there's a callback to him later where he's like, everyone's watching TV, and he's just huffing gas, and it's like, yeah. So I, I don't know is 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 depictions of uh, unhoused I'm going people. To, yeah, I don't, I'm going I don't, to say no. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they have generally. I don't. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, I don't think so. I I don't like yeah. Um, I, I the, the one thing that came out to my the front of my brain immediately was um. I've been watching Mayor of Easttown, and there's a a, a homeless, um, drug addicted guy in that one, and and in the most recent episode, it ends up doing something horribly criminal or whatever. And like, yeah, it's just like I kind of have to agree with Scott that I don't think that things are necessarily improving. And if I mean, yeah, I if they so. are, it, it certainly would be something that I would have to take a closer look at. Um, for me yeah. to say one way or another, but um, I, I don't know that there has been. I can't think of any examples of a positive representation of a of a houseless person. You know, so yeah, yeah, still pretty bad. Anyway, where was I? I was talking about UHF. You were going, but classic bits, which is <laughs> definitely where we should end it, and not on the, the plight of our community. Uh, yeah, they're, like the I the one sketch, the one classic bit that I can I think of immediately is that uh, is Emo Phillips um, <laughs> being Mr. Butterfingers, where he's uh, he's um, uh, 
a woodworking guy trying to yeah, trying a, to teach. He's a woodshop yeah. teacher. Yeah, <laughs> and he's cutting off his fingers and stuff like that. It's super good. Um, uh, Conan the Librarian. Conan absolute, the Librarian. Absolute classic. Uh, the my mop scene uh, when uh, when Stanley Spadowski finds his mop. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Spatula City. Like the it's really almost the it's a movie that somehow Weird Al Yankovic um, uh, made a variety show into a movie with a cogent plot right like that's yeah, kind he, of what he did which is he great. turned he he came up with us with a parody sketch show and then strung it together with a framework mm-hmm. and it works <laughs> yeah it's always it's always kind of like amazing to me that because you know he was pretty popular at this time um when he made this movie and it's always kind of amazed me that he didn't get to make more more films um, yeah, well, he had a he had a TV show that I am very fond of as a child. the The Weird Al show was sort of what he would have done after this. Uh, yeah, that's true. Don't remember that. I remember him. I remember Al Music, which was awesome. If you're a much I, music I remember, fan, Al I Music remember the theme song verbatim, <laughs> the, which is not for this podcast because it's yeah. <laughs> what yeah. was sorry, uh, Al Music? Was that like a? Yeah, it he was, like he would take over being the VJ of Much Music for a day. Or maybe a couple hours. Probably a day is not <laughs> what happened. But he would do. He'd do like lots of bits and and like he would do. He would cut interviews with like Madonna and and other celebrities and make fun of them. Um, he would he would do a mystery science theater type thing of of music videos. He did one for like a, one of the Smashing Pumpkin songs and things like that. So yeah, it was really good, really fun. If he did Peter Pumpkinhead, this whole uh, thing would have come back. Yeah, would have came back for yeah. a full circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Thanks uh, for revisiting uh, some old movies with me, uh, guys. That was we were tossing around ideas for uh, side notes, and uh, I was looking for an excuse to watch basketball because it's been a decade, and here we are. So we we never did actually do a shout out to uh, our listeners to. Uh, give any input for this episode because it's a side notes we don't usually but uh if you're listening to this episode and you have like a classic film that you've recently revisited and didn't think it held up or thought it held up really well let us know what it was uh give us a, a reply on twitter or on facebook uh give us some suggestions for for other comedies that uh that maybe did did stand the test of time or or didn't stand the test of time we'll call it the uh we'll call it the ace ventura revelation <laughs> uh, thank you very much everyone uh, for listening to us uh, reminisce and reflect and reconsider uh, you can follow us on social media at I have some notes uh, if you can give us a rate and a review on any of the apps that you listen to podcasts it would be very much appreciated yeah have you missed out on some of these old comedies well probably so has Emily over at Emily Missed Out <laughs> that's one of our sibling podcasts on the Alberta Podcast Network you can check them out and more right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com I tip my hat to you Scott that was a very good segue Wait, tune in two weeks. Um, we are going to be doing our very first M. Night Shyamalan movie. Can you believe it? Uh, we haven't done M. Night Shyamalan yet. Uh, we'll be taking on Signs. So uh, get your notes in for Signs, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, until then, I'm Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. Uh, still wear a mask, wash your hands, <laughs> Black Lives Matter, and keep watching the sky.